for the moment, no one knew. We went to Leela's house, her parents' old small apartment, where she now lived with her son Reno. We talked about our friend. Leela criticized her, the life she had led, her pretensions, her betrayals. But now it was I who couldn't listen. I thought of that face in profile on the dirt, of how thin the long hair was, of the whitish patches of skull. How many who had been girls with us were no longer alive, had disappeared from the face of the earth because of illness, because their nervous systems had been unable to endure the sandpaper of torments, because their blood had been spilled. For a while we sat in the kitchen listlessly, neither of us decisive enough to clear the table. Then we went out again. The sun of the fine winter day gave things a serene aspect. The old neighborhood, unlike us, had remained the same. The low gray houses endured, the courtyard of our games, the dark mouths of the tunnel, and the violence. But the landscape around it had changed. The greenish stretch of ponds was no longer there. The old canning factory had vanished. In their place was the gleam of glass skyscrapers, once signs of a radiant future that no one had believed in. I had registered the changes, all of them, over the years, at times with curiosity, more often carelessly. As a child, I had imagined that, beyond the neighborhood, Naples was full of marvels, the skyscraper at the Central Station, for example, had made a great impression decades earlier, as it rose story by story, the skeleton of a building that seemed to us extremely tall beside the ambitious railroad station. How surprised I was when I passed through Piazza Garibaldi. Look how high it is, I said to Lila, to Carmen, to Pasquale, to Ada, to Antonio. To all the companions of those days, as we made our way to the sea, to the edges of the wealthy neighborhoods. At the top, I thought, live the angels, and surely they delight in the whole city. To climb up there, to ascend, how I would have liked that. It was our skyscraper, even if it was outside the neighborhood a thing that we saw growing day by day. But the work had stopped. When I came back from Pisa, the station skyscraper no longer seemed the symbol of a community that was reviving, but, rather, another nest of inefficiency. During that period, I was convinced that there was no great difference between the neighborhood and Naples. The malaise slid from one to the other without interruption. Whenever I returned, I found a city that was spineless, that couldn't stand up to changes of season, heat, cold, and especially storms. Look how the station on Piazza Garibaldi was flooded. Look how the Galleria opposite the museum had collapsed. There was a landslide, and the electricity didn't come back on. Lodged in my memory were dark streets full of dangers, unregulated traffic, broken pavements, giant puddles. The clogged sewers splattered, 
dribbled over. Lavas of water and sewage and garbage and bacteria spilled into the sea from the hills that were burdened with new fragile structures, or eroded the world from below. People died of carelessness, of corruption, of abuse, and yet, in every round of voting, gave their enthusiastic approval to the politicians who made their life unbearable. As soon as I got off the train, I moved cautiously in the places where I had grown up, always careful to speak in dialect, as if to indicate, I am one of yours, don't hurt me. When I graduated from college, when, in a single burst, I wrote a story that in the space of a few months became, surprisingly, a book, the things of the world I came from seemed to me to